Good morning, Reading Family Church. Um, Happy New Year. Year. Can you say Happy New Year to your neighbor again? Say Happy New Year. Year. It's so good to see you. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this year. I don't know about you, but God is going to do great things in our midst. And he's already started it. Um, on Wednesday, we had the church day of prayer and fasting. Some people were able to join in the prayers at 6.30 in the morning. We had another one at 12.30. And the last one was at, in person, 8 p.m. in the church office. Amazing. God was just speaking to us from the amazing reflections that Richard led in the morning. But something particular happened in the evening during the in-person prayer. And as we're praying, there are lots of prophetic words that came. Helen gave one and a about, you know, each joint supplying its part. This body benefits when each joint supplies its part. And for me, that word really blessed me because our, God has already given me what to say today. So I was like, unknown to her, she was just, the prophetic words was just coming and God was confirming what I was going to teach this morning. So I'm actually excited that God is already working. Whenever that happens, I'm always very encouraged. So yeah, so thank you, Ellen, even though you did not know, but you obeyed the Spirit. Amen. 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 So what I'm going to be doing today is um, speaking on God's grace and giftings. God's grace and giftings in Reading Family Church. And how do we make the most of it? How do we make the most of God's grace? The way God works, the way God operates, He gives gifts, He gives grace. God, the, the, the Christian life is designed that we don't go alone. We're not designed to go alone. So the whole point of Jesus coming to die is to give us grace, that we don't earn our salvation by works or by grace. Now, after we earn our salvation by grace, God has, there are other graces, gifts of the Spirit, you know, wisdom, knowledge, that God gives the body to equip the body. We believe in the priesthood of believers, that we, are all, we all have access to the throne room. That's why the court's in tall. So everybody has access. But, but the truth is, even though we all have access, there's still all the order, the way there's a design, there's a pattern that God orchestrates things. So today I will be speaking on the graces of God and, and, and the gifts of God in our church, but particularly focusing on spiritual authority, the authorities God has placed in elders and pastors over the church. And that's what I'm going to be talking about this morning. And and we'll see what God does. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you because your spirit is here. Thank you because you are good and your mercy endures forever. Thank you for your presence with us just during the worship, the prophetic words that came just to encourage us. We know you're here already. I just pray you bless us and speak to us clearly in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, Scott, twelve twenty, right? Yes. I don't want to make that mistake anymore. Twelve. Say that again. Twelve fifty. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, good. Earlier, I mixed it up. My time in the first meeting, and I don't want to do it this time again. <laughs> Amen. So I want us to read the first Bible reading together. It's going to come up on the screen behind me. Let's read it together. Um, Psalm sixty-eight, verse six. It's, are you there yet? Okay, can we read it together? God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. God places, the emphasis is God that places. 
God places the lonely in families. This Bible verse affects just, it speaks of biological families, right? You know you didn't choose your family. God placed you in that family. Amen? You know, even though some of us would have loved to have the choice to choose the family God placed, but God didn't give us that choice. We're placed in our respective families. In the wisdom of God, there's something in the DNA of your parents, the gene. God placed us there so that we could receive that. Amen. The same principle applies spiritually. God places us in spiritual families. God places us. So, Reading Family Church, God placed you here. If you've received this church as your church, if, if, if God led you here, then God placed you here as well because he doesn't want you to go alone. The Christian life is not meant to be, go, to be done alone. It's not an individual context. We're a community. We do it together. And that's why God places people in families. So that was the first, that's the first point I want to make. And even though God has placed us in families, he has placed gifts and graces in that family for us to all fulfill our potentials. And by the way, every joint, like the word, prophetic word um, Helen gave on, on, on Wednesday, every joint supplies. So we are not going to be complete as a church if you don't supply your part. I supply my part. We all supply our parts. And there's something about one another, and there's a grace God has given us individually for one another. It's not just for yourself. There's a grace God has given you. And at times, this message is trying to encourage us to be outward focused as well. Because oftentimes, you could just be very inward. The grace God has given you is not just for yourself. God's giving you grace to benefit this body. But that's not what I'm focusing on this morning. The principles I'm sharing this morning applies to that as well. How to draw from the grace God has placed in one another. But I want to stay with the grace God has placed and the spiritual authority has given us, elders and pastors. In our own context, it's elders. The nine of us, Sean, myself, Scott, Andy Deakins, Andy McCulloch, Mark, Mark, I'm going to miss somebody, Richard Walker, who else? Blessing, Blessing and Clayton. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. The nine of us, there are various graces God has given us for the benefits of this body. Amen. Now, that's very important. And this sermon is trying to encourage us. We need to learn how to place a demand on it. Because God did not just give us those grace or graces for just ourselves. It's not just to like make us. It's for the edifying of this body. Amen. Are we together? Let's read 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 to 6. There are, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. Let's read together, sorry. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Verse 7 says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. We all have something to help one another. And the same way God has given the eldership of this church in the grace, spiritual gifts for the edification, for the blessing of this church. So if, since God has given us that, we just have to, not every one of us have learned how to draw from it, how to place a demand for it, how to receive from it. You know, it's not because we are better. 
I just need to state that. It, but just like the way God placed, placed us in our respective families, God called us to this office. So it's not, just, it's not an honor anyone can take upon himself. Not because we are better, but because in his own wisdom, he wants to release some grace that he has put in us for the benefit of this body. The grace comes from him in the first place. So it's not that we are the holders of the grace. I can't stand here and say, the grace of God upon my life, it's my, by my works. I received it from various people that God has placed me under over the years. And I learned how to place a demand from it and how to connect, how to receive from it. And over time, I just saw myself walking in those things that I didn't have in the beginning. And that's how the body is designed. Amen. Amen. Let's read another scripture. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build them up, the body of, the build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So God is the one that has placed these various gifts in this body, this uh, expression of the body of Christ, for the benefit, to equip, to equip us. Amen. Amen. I read another scripture, that's Ephesians Please, for the benefit of those, when you get home, you can read some of the scriptures again and meditate on them. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. It's not going to come up. Just listen to my reading. Um, Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Verse 2 says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you have long life on the earth. There's something about honor. It said, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment of your promise. If you honor your father and mother, you know, things will go well for you. This is a very powerful scriptural verse because it applies biologically, you know. And by the way, I know this is not an easy subject to talk about because it's not every one of us that have had the best of relationships with our respective parents. So I understand that. And to unpack how to honor your parents that maybe have been abusive to you. It's, I, I can't even do that in all of this sermon. So for, for we understand that. So if you're struggling with, you know, how to engage with your parents because maybe they were abusive to you, please, you can see myself, Sean or Scott, any of the elders, any other person that you trust in the church to just talk that with you because it's not, I'm not trying to stand here and say it's easy, it's complex. It's really difficult. But this is God's word. Now, the same principle that applies biologically in the physical also applies to spiritual parents. We're to honor them. You know, the scriptures even said, I think in 1 Timothy, that we should honor them with double honor, those that labor in the world, and that's treat them well, you know, pay them well. We do all of that in RFC. We take care of our pastors. But it's beyond all of that, what I'm trying to say today, is how do I place a demand? How do I receive from the grace that God has given the various leaders, spiritual authorities in this church for my benefit. And that's what we're looking at. So I, I, I'm, I'm Nigerian, 
And, and um, the beauty of the Nigeria, the, so the global, not global south, there's almost, when it comes to honor, there's, it's, there's disparities. It's like almost two ends of spectrums in some places. So some Nigerian churches and pastors, some, not all, abuse this honor spiritual, spiritual parents. To honor your spiritual, have abused it so that they've almost become demigods that people worship. That's not what the Bible is teaching. That's not what the Bible is teaching. It's been abused, and some people have even used it to manipulate God's, God's bride, the church of God. That's not what it's teaching. It's saying that there's a way you can receive from the grace that God has placed in those people by respecting that, understanding, recognizing that God is the one that gave them that grace for your own benefit, not because they're necessarily better, but in the order of God, he has placed them over you. So if, they are, if you're in that church, you have a responsibility of faith to receive from that because it's for your benefit. It says that it might be well with you. Amen? Now, when we come to the West, we're almost on the other spectrum of not even honoring at all. You know? <laughs> so it just says, my mate, it's my mate, you know? It's, by the way, none of us is advocating to, for you to worship us. We, 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 are, we can't take God's glory. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying recognize that there's something in each of us that God has placed for your own benefit. Except nothing we say speaks to you. You know, except maybe God is leading you to another church. And that's okay. There are lots of lovely churches around. But I always like this analogy. I think it was in Mary or Elizabeth. When one entered into the other room, the baby in the, in the womb leaped. There are some people that some churches you go, I, I hope this church is that to you, that this, we speak to the baby you're carrying, that it leaps. One of us speaks, you know, anytime we speak or anytime the church, you're in worship, we're worshiping, something happens. You're steady in your spirit. Then this is a place for you. But if none of us speaks to the baby you're carrying, then maybe you should find another church. Because there are, it's not, everybody's not meant to be in every church. There's a church designed for you and God has designed you for. You, you can't be in a church because the thing about the way it works is when you don't respect the grace of God on someone or God that God placed, has placed the way, it's very difficult to receive anything from that person. It's, that's the way it works. You must respect the grace because it's not God that, it's not we that put it on ourselves. Over the years, we, we received it as well from different people. Same as you as well. You've received various grace over the walk of your life with God that this body can benefit. So remember, I started by saying we give our parts. Every joint supplies. But I'm focusing on how do I as a church member draw from the grace that God has placed on the people that are leading me. Let's read Romans 13 verses 1 to 5. It's going to come up on the screen behind me. Can we read it together if that's okay? Three, two, go. Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God, and those in position of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against God, and they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike people for doing right. Then those who are doing wrong, 
Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what is right and honor you. The authorities are God's servants sent for your good. But if you would own, of course you'd be afraid. But they punish uh, you. They are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. There's a lot in this verse, a lot, that one sermon cannot even unpack. A few things, are just, it's talking about all authorities, because God placed them, governmental authorities, you know, all this, and also spiritual authority. The point, I one of the, look at verse four, the authorities are God's servants, sent for your good. They are God's servants, sent for your good. One of the challenges of our generation is submission. Our generation doesn't like anything submission. It's a loaded word, but it's a biblical word. And there's something about accountability, spiritual accountability. A lot of our generation don't like that. So if you had some people in the church, when the leaders of church speak to them or try to correct or challenge or say, this is, I don't think this is what the Bible teaches and expounds it to them, some people get offended and leave the church. In fact, you should be very afraid of any man that does not have any spiritual authority submits to. Because it it's, can be almost very rascal or radical. Uh, any, so people, this generation, we tend to just like to just feed on, you know, feed on different people. You know? so, because the truth is, can I be honest with you, there are better preachers online. <laughs> that come, that come, that, that, that come preach Maybe than, better than myself, Sean, and the, the rest of the seven of us. They are. You know, they are great people. So you can watch and you're okay. But you know, the beauty of a local church is you can see our lives. You can see us. You can see the way we are living, trying to follow Jesus. And you, we can now say to you, like Paul said, follow us as we're following Christ. You can see us. So, and that's why the first point I mentioned, if we're not speaking to you, pray, genuinely pray to God, maybe this is not a place for you. But if this God, if in your spirit, you could feel God placed you here, then you need to connect with the grace God has given us for your own benefit. There's something in us for your benefit. In the wisdom of God, he does that. Amen. So I just want to encourage us, and, and I'll, in a minute, I'm going to show how practically can we do that, you know, because oftentimes the Word of God gives us practical ways to do that. How can I draw practically from the grace of God, from the, the people he has placed over me? And I, I'll just share a couple of things. When I started my walk with God, I was a very timid, shy person that did not have the confidence to even stand before anybody. I couldn't preach the gospel. I remember the first time I went on street evangelism with one of the members in my church many years ago. My legs were wobbling. I couldn't do it. I did not like to preach. I was scared of prayer. I did not like prayer. I did not like fasting. I know we should pray as Christians. I know we should fast. But I never liked them. I was too self-conscious. When I come to church, I can't praise God with exuberance. I'm always self-conscious. Who is looking at me? Who is not looking at me? I had all this stuff. But do you know what I noticed over the years? I've seen God placed me in various, because my parents had to move, we'd had to move growing up, 
I had to move to Unity, go to this. So I, at different times, I was placed in different churches. And I've seen that some of the grace I saw in the various ministers God has placed over me in my journey. And I, because from very early on in my Christian work, I understood this principle, how to draw from the grace God places in your life. Every time I've stretched my faith and said, Lord, I like the way this my pastor prays. I love his appetite for God. Lord, please give me something of that. Unknown to most of them, I think there's no, I can't even remember maybe anyone laying, any of them laying hands on me. But it was a faith thing with me, me and God. I love the way this person is always wanting to do evangelism. I love, and I started desiring it. So I come to church when they are preaching with expectation to receive from that grace. And over the years, I fast forward, I'm, I'm like, God, you're great. Because they too received it from somewhere. And that's what we're trying to do. So church, that's what happens when we come to church. So besides receiving from us a spiritual authority God's placed over you, you can receive from one another as well in your life group. In, you know, we do this in church. We create space, pray for one another. We, it's, it's not just doing because it's a right, nice to do thing. There's a grace. In fact, you can see a grace in somebody and you love it. You can walk up to that person. Just pray for me. I just love the way you love Jesus. I love the way this thing in you. This is how to receive. It's not otherwise we reduce the church to a social gathering where we just come and catch up. It's not. It's a spiritual place where God releases grace and gifts for the benefit of this body. Amen. The anointing you don't respect, you don't attract. The grace of God you don't respect in a person you don't receive. It's the truth. Gehazi did not respect the grace of God on Elisha. Instead of receiving a double portion, he received leprosy. That's a shame. You, I won't, we don't have time to go into the story. You know, but Elisha understood that there was something about Elijah and he wanted it. And he received it. Because freely have we received, freely we give. It's so bad in the places where it's been abused. Some people match and make, try to want to sell. You have to bring prophet offering. Have you had things like that? Bring prophet offering to receive it. Those are all nonsense. That's not the teaching of Jesus. Because freely have we received, freely we should give. Amen. 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 So I just want to encourage us. So let's, there's a phenomenon that we see amongst teenagers. And, you know, teenagers, they, some teenagers, not all, don't believe their parents have anything to give them. You know, instead, they turn to their friends and mates to get advice. Meanwhile, God has placed in their parents for their benefit, especially the responsible parents, the wisdom, everything they need to, to grow up. Similarly, it happens spiritually. You know, at times God has placed people in your life, you know, like in, in RFC, that God can, he, he has placed them in your life to speak into various areas. But at times we look down on them with, nah, I don't need that. I need to go somewhere else. I need to go find something else. And most times God puts everything you need around you. He's very good. God, he's excellent. But the question is, maybe our posture is not even allowing us to see it. Because we are too familiar, you know, it's Sean, it's Scott. Ah, that's how Scott behaves. That's how Sean behaves. That's how Richard. It's for your benefit. Amen. Let's go to how to, how to draw from the grace of God. I, as I was, um, I said this in the first service, and I was going, I'm going to say it quickly. I noticed something. Sean started this church 21 years ago. 
with, when their first child was one year old when they started this church. And some of you that started then were with, are still with us. Praise God bless you all. And the church grew with one child. Now, I noticed that some of the missionaries were sent to the nations. Josh Betts went to the mission field with a little child. His child, Sahara, I don't even think it's, she was up to two when she went to the mission. The Boktos went with little children. And the most recent one, the Rogers, went with children again. It's a grace. It's a grace. It's, I was, when I was preparing for this psalm, I was just reflecting. I said, oh, that's so true. They started this church with little children. So there's a grace for those of us here that have children or will have children in the future. There's a grace we can draw that having children is not an excuse not to serve God. It's not an excuse not to be, oh, these children, it's these children. But the truth is, people are going to the nation. There's a grace in this assembly that you can draw from. And there's a wisdom. At times, you can even ask, how did you do it? How did you serve God with literature? It takes humility to do that. Pray for me. Some wisdom tips. Some, my point is, I just use that to give you an example of a grace. This church has so, so many other graces that I don't have time to expound. But you can draw from it. It's not for you to just spectate and look, oh, that's Sean, that's David. Oh, that's how David does his things. It's not that, because that was not how I started. There's a, if you love it and you want it in your life, you trust God for it, he will give you too. It's the same God. It's, he has given us all for the benefit of one another. The first way we can draw from the grace that God has placed in the spiritual authorities in our lives is through the teaching of the word of God like I'm doing now. John 6.63 says, the spirit alone gives internal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words have spoken to you are spirit and life. The word of God is spirit and life. So whenever the word of God is being taught, the spirit of the word of God is being released in the room to impart grace on people. He said he sent forth his word and his word healed them. I respect laying of hands but I even love the fact that it's not just by laying on of hands. Where you're seated, if you believe by faith, you can tap, you can receive. It's the posture. So it's, yes, it's great to lay hands, but can you imagine if we have 50,000 people here? How many hands can we lay? You know, praise God, we are not that big. But the point is, it's not just by laying of hands. The word is the basis that God uses to impart there are times I'm reading the Bible on my own and there's something happening in, just in my personal devotion the spirit is imparting to me from the, from the Bible I'm reading I come to church, a sermon is being preached something is being released but you, nothing will be released if you don't have the right, the right posture the right, you don't come with the right expectation so I come to church services expecting to meet with God this year 2023 can I encourage you to come to God because God is good. He will send his words to you through the prophetic. He will send to us like he's doing now. He will send through worship and so many other things. Let me run. The other way God speaks to us is listening over and over to good teaching. 10, 10 17 of Romans says faith, Romans 10, 17, comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. There are so sermons. This church was so blessed with good teaching. I hope you know that's not common. We are so blessed with good teaching. Don't look down on it. Listen to it over and over. For those of you that don't know, the church, we have SoundCloud. All the sermons are there. You can access them free. 
through the website. Go. If some, you know, there's some sermons you listen to and something spoke to you. You know, you could just feel like it was speaking. Go listen to it over and over. The spirit behind those words, which are the spirit of God, will be impacted in you. That's how we place a demand. That's how we receive. Amen. Come with faith. The thing I like about the, the woman with the issue of blood, she said in her heart. So by herself, she said in her heart. So you don't need anybody. She, nobody told her, you must do this. She, as she was going through this problem, she came to a point, she said in her heart, that if I would touch the hem, she heard about Jesus. So what are you saying in your heart when you come to our meetings? What are you saying? What, or are you just coming, oh, I'll catch up with friends. It's beyond that. You're meeting with the living God who wants to impact grace on you. Amen. Laying on of hands, I've said that. Numbers 27, verse 8, 18. The Lord replied, take Joshua, the son of Nun, who has the spirit in him, and lay your hands on him. Laying on of hands is a powerful way. I've been blessed and received grace by people God has used at different times to lay hands. So when there are ministry times, we say people come for laying of hands, respond to these things because God does not force himself on people. He never does. So if God doesn't force himself on people, we can't force ourselves on you either. <laughs> you know, that you need to believe that you have something that we got in our, that God has placed something in us for your benefit. Amen. Amen. Another way God uh, speaks to us is through prophetic words. We, we see that we create space in church. Please, please don't look down on prophetic words. They're so powerful. And when someone comes here, read a scripture, say something, take note of it. Because it might be God speaking to you. You know, most times we just look down on those things and we don't engage. At times, it might be an instruction for the next season of your life that comes in a prophetic word. But because the people don't come and, you know, we're very simple in this church, very easy. And there's no drama. It's just, the other day I saw this picture and they say, and you just look down on it. No, there's something powerful about that if you engage. Through praise and worship, that's another way we can receive. Through praise and worship. You, when you praise God, God inhabits the praises of his people. There's something profound about praise and worship. When you praise God, when was the last time you went down on your knees to God in your closet and just lift up your hands and thank him? When was the last time you just, you're just so filled with gratitude and you are rolling on the floor thanking God? When was the last time that you just, you can't, when you see the magnitude of salvation and what Jesus did for you, you, you are just bubbling out in praise. The spirit of joy. People say, oh, David, you're very joyful. I wasn't like that before. This, there was an impartation that happened in my life over the years that makes me exuberance in praise. Because when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, my sanctified soul, and body praises him. He's so good. What is it? Praise is so powerful, especially when you're going through a storm and you choose to praise God in the midst of the storm. Paul and Silas were arrested and imprisoned for the gospel, yet they praised God. And what happened? God came down. That's one way you... So when we are praising God during it, it's a time to engage. Some people say, let me just encourage us. This church, you have a liberty to express your praise to God however you want to do it. 
We're not one of those church that you have to stand straight. Feel free to praise God the way he's laying your heart to do that. A lot of people always tell me, ah, I'm, not, I'm not very expressive. But that same person, when Everton wins, when Arsenal wins, you'll be shocked. <laughs> this is, you'll be, what is this person? Then you come before the living God, then that same person cannot even raise up his hand. Cannot even sing, sing. I'm saying sing from your heart and mean the words. There's something happens when you praise God. I don't know about you. I come most times maybe tired in my body. But when I start praising God, strength is released. In prayer meetings, I come at times I'm weak. I start praising God. God does something in me. It's, you are drawing from that grace. Don't forsake, attend the gathering of believers. Attend church meetings. Prayer meetings, we're having another one tonight. Come to those places. Come pray for people. It's not just about yourself. Most times we go for those prayer meetings and God takes it another direction. Praying to the, as you're doing that faithfully, you're drawing from the grace God has placed in this church. Don't neglect, join a life group. Please, this year, if you've not been alive, join a life group. Get, it says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there. God's presence, the beauty of the end time church, we don't need to go to Jerusalem. Wherever we gather in the name of God, God is there. That's why we are meeting in a school and God is moving. Because he's not bound by geographical location. Where two or three are gathered. So don't despise, don't forsake the gathering together. Because you will draw from the grace that God has given this body. Penultimate point. Serve in a group, in a service group. You need to serve faithfully in a service group. For many years I used to serve in, um, what do you call it, in a setup in this church for years. I was setting and set up. And something I always did then was when I came, we were cleaning and setting up. I always pray, I say, God, as I'm serving, doing this, please, any area of my life that is not in alignment with your will, please arrange it. Take any debts. That's always, I, this is the first time I'm saying it publicly, but that's my faith whenever I come to serve. I did that for six, seven years. Faithful unto the Lord. Some of you are serving. As you're serving where you are faithfully, you're drawing from the grace. But you have to expect that. You have to know. This is not just filling a rota. You know, don't come to church only when you're on rota. If you're doing that, then you've missed the point. It's beyond just when you're in rota. You're receiving grace whenever you come. That's why David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord because it's the place of transference. It's a place of impartation. It's the, you have no idea what God can do in and through your life when you submit to him. My time is up. You have no idea if you submit to him. It says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. So most times when I hear people say, oh, I'm very shy, I'm, I say, just release yourself to the grace of God in this room. You will see yourself grow because I know where God picked me from and how I was, but in his kindness, he placed me in various church that had various gifts and helped me to understand how to lay a demand on it. And I'm seeing my life grow from glory to glory. And this is just the beginning. Because there's still depths in him. Finally, do not despise godly counsels. You know, there's something that happened in the Bible. I always, Jethro and Moses, that always blows my mind. Jethro, Moses, you remember, he spent 40, 40 days with God. He saw God, miracles with God. 
But yet, it was Jethro that gave him counsel on what to do about delegation, otherwise he was going to die. And I all kept wondering, why is it that God didn't tell him that? Because he had access to God. Does that make sense? There are some things in your life that no matter you how, if you like, stay on the mountain with God for 40 days, 40 nights, he will still tell you. He has placed the wisdom in people around you. Our church is blessed. We have multi, it's a, we are a multi-generational church. We have people that are retired, that have served God faithful. We have, we the elders here, drawing to all of this. We, there's a lot of wisdom around in the room. Don't go so But it takes humility to receive it. I didn't touch on that. But God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. It takes humility to see something and, and, and know that I like that. I don't have it. Lord, can you give me that? He could tell you, go meet the person, let him pray for you. He could tell you, just come with faith. I will release it with you. Whatever it tells you to do, it takes humility to obey.